welcome to 30 Days of Hope. I am so glad that you've joined us. So seriously, grab that couch, grab the roommates, grab the spouse, and have this time of hope. So I am so excited to sit down with a good friend of mine that I've known for many years. I feel like we've known each other for forever. Um, but Kara Deparsha. And so we go way back in California and in college and um, kind of surviving that fundamentalism <laughs> that I'm sure we'll really kind of delve into today. Uh, but right now, just a little bit about her story before we delve right in. Uh, from California, spent time in Korea, kind of like that culture and, and just delving into it full force. And then now she moved to New York. And I think the coolest part about the, this conversation is we're going to talk about what it's like to be in New York for the first time, and not as a visitor, but as a true resident, and be hit with coronavirus right away, and um, be in this midst of the amazing next civil rights movement, is what I would, I would call it. Um, so in a very short moment in time, she's going to talk about her experience and just what it's been like to truly just delve right in. Um, and feel like you're a part of something powerful and a, and a part of a movement um, that truly is shaking up the world right now. So uh, she also was a TA and talking about what it's like to kind of navigate unemployment right now as well. Um, so without further ado, Kara, welcome so much to the show. Hello, thank you for having me, Colleen. Definitely. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. So, <laughs> so excited. Way back. What has it been about, like 10 years? Yeah. Um... I think I met you in 2008, maybe. Wow. <laughs> was, we were youngins. <laughs> we were, we were yeah. Really I remember. Yeah. I remember we took a class together and just uh, just really good conversations. But I'm glad we've been able to keep in touch. Mm -hmm. um, and I touched a little bit about your story. So you started out in California, and then you actually were Canada, but oh. then I moved. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that part. So, so kind of like full circle. Yeah. You you got yeah. the gamut. Yeah. What has it been like for you to kind of experience all these cultural changes, you know, especially going from Canada to California to Korea um, mm -hmm. and then now New York? Yeah, it's it's definitely my whole life has just been about like moving around, experiencing like different communities and different cultures. And um, and I think the biggest um, eye-opening thing for me was like moving to Korea, moving away from America, North America, um, moving away from my family and the friends and, and um, the church communities that I'd always been a part of and just like it totally just gave me a bigger perspective of the world and my place yeah. in the world and um, people and um, yeah and I, I started changing my ways of thinking about things or asking questions and like um, asking God questions, asking other people questions and really like looking in within myself. And so I think, um, I lived there for three and a half years and eventually I just felt like it was time to, to move back to America, moving back to America. I already had like a totally different perspective of America than I had before. Um, I saw that there was like positive things about America that, um, that, I hadn't seen before, but there was also like things I realized that weren't so great. <laughs> um, so, um, and then coming, living as a foreigner in Korea also gave me more empathy for foreigners in America, I think as mm -hmm. well. I don't completely understand like the struggle, but I feel like I understand a little bit more than I did yeah. before. Um, so yeah, I decided to move to New York. Um, 
to have something different than what I had before Korea. And um, just from what I heard about New York is it's just it's a little more progressive and just so many different cultures. And I kind of wanted to be in a place with people of different places and different ways of thinking and stuff. So yeah, I moved here last September. So yeah, yeah it's definitely been it's been a whirlwind. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely been a whirlwind. Oh, one second. Sorry. Um, I got a call that I think I interrupted. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it's a good picture, so don't worry. <laughs> and it really has. And I'll give you credit because it really has been a whirlwind. I think we we kind of connected when you had first come here for a couple months. And never, I think in your wildest dreams, did you think that the coronavirus was going to happen and then all these different events kind of ensuing. Um, what was the biggest change? You talked a little bit about how your perception of being a foreigner kind of changed and, and that compassion, and that empathy coming back to America. What changed theologically, politically uh, with your interactions with New York? Did you find mm. more freedom? Did you find that you kind of shifted more mm. so? And how did that occur? Yeah, um, so right when I got to New York, my brother also lives here and a, a couple um, friends from back in California moved here as well the same year. Um, and so I, they also changed their way of thinking as well. And so it was nice to have that. And as soon as I moved here, I planted myself in a progressive church um, that is LGBTQ affirming and um, just welcomes everybody and their ideas like it's better to have good questions than have all the right answers mm -hmm. um, and going there and just like seeing the love everybody had for each other and um, at first I was just so not used to that like I could ask questions and I could say things and and not feel ashamed or um like i could be myself so that that was really nice um and i've already been like i feel challenged by those people and um just how i view people of all different parts of the lgbtq yeah. community as well as they really focus on like um, anti-racism and um, decolonizing christianity and things like that so um it's been really kind of nice in Korea. I was so focused on my teaching in Korea and my students and stuff. But like coming here, I before coming here, I wasn't really focused on politics at all. And I didn't yeah. think they were that important. I was just like, the world is, <laughs> is messed up. It's not going to change. <laughs> but my church has really like challenged me. Like there are things that we can do, um, especially with what's going on right now. They're like, we don't have to just sit by and watch. Mm. everything fall apart <laughs> yeah yeah so, exactly and, yeah. and, and kind of like equate faith having action and I think it's really mm -hmm. difficult because I think sometimes when you're growing up in in the church or a faith community um and I know we have people out there watching that that maybe haven't experienced this but when you come from a faith community that's much more conservative it's very difficult to kind of feel like is there social justice is there a progressive movement um you know will you ever kind of feel like the church is a safe space again mm -hmm. so it had to be really exciting to step into a world that was so different and really kind of connected the dots between, between, okay, I can be politically active. I can make a change. I can, you know, welcome every single person and still call myself a Christian. So at the same yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, I mean, I saw, sorry, I was just no, really no, like, Christians, like I think in all aspects can be political at times, whether progressive or, uh, or more evangelical or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
so I didn't, I think when I stepped away from evangelicalism, I was like, I can't be political, but mm -hmm. now I'm like, there's this other side of things. I'm like, wow, this is, this is yeah. amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and talking about like that political, you know, stance and, and social justice, I'm sure it's really kind of exemplified itself right now, especially within New York, within the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. What has it been like? Um, I, I've, I've talked to a couple people that uh, have really kind of expressed their experience and, you know, really taught some wonderful leadership development, really great tips right now. Um, but I would love to know from your perspective, what it's like being a white woman at these events. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel out of place? Is it amazing to see the unity of all these races together, truly mm -hmm. fighting for Black Lives Matter? What's been your experience with that? Yeah, um, I've gone to a few marches here in um, New York. And my first one, um, like, I, like, it just felt like a place of just love and acceptance. And um, there isn't, it didn't feel like there was hostility. It felt like um, people wanted to hold the government like accountable <laughs> and were angry, but they also were fighting for um, equity and like a place where like black lives voices matter. And so like it felt like it was cool to just see people of all different walks of life and races there and just um, everybody coming together to like amplify black voices and lives and just mm -hmm. us all marching together like that's when I at first we were, were listening to people speak and then we went and marched mm -hmm. down the street and um just seeing like the cars of people just honking as well and just like supporting everyone and then um just I remember what was what was the saying it was um the people people united will never be divided and like mm -hmm. when the guy said that that was leading the march i was just like we all put our fists up and just seeing all like the beautiful different colors of our fists wow. and just like it was it was amazing yeah. and just um real like thinking back how in the past a lot of the time when there was protests it was maybe people of color black people were the only ones really fighting and maybe a few white people but now it's just like amazing to see that mm -hmm. everyone is coming together and mm -hmm. um we need to we need to raise our voices and yeah. um speak up for um our black brothers and sisters so, yeah. yeah yeah and, and i think yeah. it's imperative too because as you said you know you look at protests that happen and in, in the civil rights movement especially and a lot of the times i think white people sort of escaped that reality they didn't want to be they felt like they weren't part of the problem, they weren't part of the solution. But the problem mm -hmm. is because of that apathy, the problem still persisted. Yeah. Um, so I think it's exciting, as you were saying, where it's like united we stand. Yeah. And that idea of if, if we're willing to actually show unity within a protest, what would that look like for policies? What would that look like for purposes, for, mm -hmm. you know, churches, for society, you know, inside yeah. and out? Um, yeah. So it gives me hope to see what, what's the world going to look like post-coronavirus? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think coronavirus kind of was like the perfect, like it wasn't, it's not great, but it kind of allowed this to all happen. Mm -hmm. I think for people that hadn't really thought about this before, um, to really sit down and reflect and empathize with, um, what's going on and, um, and like fight yeah. for you know what's right so yeah exactly and yeah. make their voices heard where it's almost like yeah. this is more than an ideology this is more than a thought yeah to be voiced and i think Definitely. there's so much power in the fact that you know you can voice you have that that power 
what I would love to really talk about you, because I know we've talked about the injustice, marginalization, um, and Black Lives Matter, which is amazing. It's amazing mm -hmm. what's happening. But I think also, too, we're, we're in July. We just stepped out of June, which was Pride Month. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as, as kind of a member of a church, it's much more affirming. What are some things practically that we can do? I know we've talked about you know, standing up for the marginalized, but what are some things that we can practically do for those within the LGBT community to make mm. sure that every single person has a voice at the table, that there is mm. equality, that there is inclusion? Mm. Well, what were some things that, that you've learned that you would love to kind of speak into us mm. on ways that we can actually be affirming, not only in a mindset, but also in with our hands and our feet? Yeah. Um, I think like for me, like it's, it's, it's been a crazy journey like it's only been maybe two years where I, I started like changing my own views of things um, and becoming like this ally mm -hmm. and um, recently I I like I, I had been like posting all these things on Facebook like I affirm like I'm an ally with the, my black brothers and sisters and then I realized like I've been afraid to mm -hmm. say I'm an ally with the LGBTQ community because I knew I was going to get like a lot of backlash and I was like if I'm going to stand with my black brothers and sisters I also need to show that I stand with my um, brothers and sisters of the LGBTQ community so like I, I posted a thing just saying like I hear with you I stand with you and um, a lot of them like some people are in the closet and then some people have families that like aren't being there for them and I'm like I they're having a hard time and I was like I was like why am I so afraid for myself <laughs> so um I, I posted that and it was just amazing just to see like that people I think felt really encouraged um yeah. by my posts and there were definitely people that um were not happy <laughs> with what I posted but I think just um leaving a space for people and showing that you are there willing to listen mm -hmm. to them mm -hmm and um that you do support them and um it's not my place to like educate them or like yeah. <laughs> like but they um like yeah just being sticking up for them but also like being a, like willing to listen and yeah. i think that's how i got to a place of being an ally in the first place was just mm -hmm. kind of humbling myself and just um asking one of my friends like, hey, can you tell me your story? I'm, you know, I'm, I have some questions and like, I want to understand better. And um, like, gracefully, like they just shared with me and we're just so kind and um, under, and, like knew that I didn't fully understand, but they were so gracious to me mm -hmm. to like help me understand, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's like we're we're so afraid to kind of move forward because like, well, what what if we say something wrong? What if we don't ask the right question? And mm -hmm. and I think we there's so many people out there. You know, whether we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement or you know becoming an ally to the LGBTQ mm -hmm. community, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Where it's like you know, be. I think the biggest part for me, you know, going from sort of a, a welcoming stance to an affirming ally was being in a place of teachability. And as you yeah. said, like having that time of, are we listening? Are we acknowledging mm -hmm. people's stories? Yeah. Um, you know, how can we sort of be shaped by that and, and their experience and allow it to affect us in such a way that we're willing to change and not only on the mm -hmm. inside, but to really help lead the change to the outside as well. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That, um, so your, 
so do you, do you love New York City now or do you feel like it's, you know, kind of crazy and chaotic? Has this kind of grown your love for where, for where you're at right now? Yeah, it's been a, oh, am I echoing on your, your video by any chance? You're good. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been like, a, I'm still like getting to know the city and I'm still, um, like developing a love for it. Um, I think definitely coming here before a pandemic has made it a little bit difficult to really like put myself in the city and like um, fully get involved with the community here. Um, but it definitely, coming here has definitely given me a different perspective mm -hmm. of the world and just people. And um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, when things are a little bit back to normal and like really being able to be around all the different people and interacting yes. with them and yeah um, yeah so and, and experiencing New yeah. York to me it's a, you can't, <laughs> New York is not really a tourist destination it's, it's an experience mm -hmm. and it's not you know if you're ever if you're out there and you're thinking about going to be a tourist in New York like waiting for the days that it's open again don't visit the you know don't don't visit a building step into a subway and experience all these different languages around you because mm -hmm. that's New York. It's just this mod podge of different cultures and experiences. And, um, it's truly this beautiful display of humanity that you don't get yeah. anywhere else. That's yeah, cool. definitely. I think yeah. before the pandemic and everything, like I was just so like mesmerized by just New York and like you said, going on the subway and just all the different types of people and I was like is this real life like yes yeah it's, <laughs> and everybody yeah. abides with each other like it's just this yeah <laughs> it's yeah. incredible it mm -hmm. really is yeah so, now, do you have like one spot specifically that you want to visit once the pandemic lifts let me think I feel like at least before the pandemic I did do a lot of uh touristy things yeah. and <laughs> went to Central Park and um the different parks in New York and uh I haven't gone to the Empire State Building yet I haven't had Shake Shack in New York yet <laughs> yeah I had it in Korea they have Shake Shack oh, okay Korea. okay so you're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah I don't know I I think and I've gone to Chelsea um yep. and the, yeah so I, the high line. Yeah, 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 the high line. So I'm sure there's so much more to see, though. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a list. Yeah. I promise you'll be busy for about a good two months. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's true. New York is just it's, it's an amazing place to be and it becomes a part of you. So it really is part of your mm -hmm. DNA. I, I would love to ask you and I think, you know, coming, you know, we, we've talked to people of different faiths, um, you know, different Christian expressions and denominations. As a progressive Christian, um, how are you personally finding hope during this pandemic? Hmm. Yeah. Um, when you asked me this question earlier, I was like, how, what, what am I going to say? Like, it's, it's been a hard time. And mm -hmm. um, like, uh, first, then I started to think like what hope is not. And yeah. it's not like, it's not trying to act like everything's perfect. And like trying to stay like oh like positive all the time um it, i think the the hope that i have found is is just during this time is just being having time with myself to really reflect and 
um, be honest with my own struggles and not hide them and like be authentic and real about those things and, and be real and authentic or about what I'm seeing in the world and not, um, avoid those things and like reaching out to people from my new church and, and before I was like, Oh, I'm all alone. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I can reach out. I can like, I can reach out to people and Mm -hmm. they've been really um, encouraging and supportive. And um, yeah, just finding that community again has been important. And um, yeah, I like, it's been a weird time of like deconstructing my faith. But like rebuilding it again, and um, I think there was like one breaking moment I had during quarantine was I was just I was feeling really alone and and like in a dark space, and then I just was started talking out loud to God, and I was just like, "Where are you? Like, are you are you real?" And I'm angry about this, and I'm angry yeah. about that, and just being honest about the things I'm angry about, and then I started to cry and then all of a sudden I felt like this peace and this like comfort and I was like oh you are still here you still love me yeah Yeah. I just needed to be Mm -hmm. really authentic and real about what's what's really going on inside my heart and not hide away from that and yeah not find my worth in what society says makes me successful or Mm -hmm. uh, valuable it's not having a nine to five job or are those things like, like there's, yeah, been so many things I've been thinking about during this quarantine of what it means to where my value really comes from. And it's not things or whatever, like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think I have found hope during this time, even though there's been darkness and valleys and things like that. Um, yeah, it's, I've seen, it's connected me more to people in some ways, like, mm-hmm. even though it's not in person, like I'm, I'm finding there is a tribe, there is, there are people that I can connect with. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love that. I, I know what you mean about sort of like deconstruction and I've talked to some people where it's almost like, oh, you should have a grateful journal. And to me, I, I, I'm like you, I, I, I pray out loud. I kind of raise my fist. I am very honest um, and authentic. And I feel like my faith has experienced such freedom because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, it's me approaching God. It's not yeah. a script. It's not a mask. It's not a role that I'm playing. It's me. Mm-hmm. And there's something so freeing about being present with your full self um, and just voicing like you would to someone, you know, you and I talking where it's like, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is my emotion. This is, mm-hmm. this is who I am. And knowing that you're going to be accepted, you're still going to be loved um, because of that and because of, of who you are. So I think there is such freedom and sort of, sort of approaching, you know, God in that way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know we touched a little bit about, so you're, you know, as, as you said, it's almost like that sense of togetherness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been like millions of people right now, um, on the phone trying to get unemployment, like all those, <laughs> you know, we forget about the realities of every single mm-hmm. person and the struggles, not only with the virus, but also with the ramifications of the virus. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. I, um, I don't know if we mentioned already, but yeah, I, ha- I was working as a TA in, yeah. in New York and um, before that, obviously teaching in Korea. And so in early May, um, they couldn't support the TAs any mm-hmm. longer. So they let us go. And 
So yeah, um, but I found a community of people that have applied for unemployment and we're all just encouraging <laughs> each other. And like, so I guess that's also another place of hope is like yeah. people like encouraging each other. Like I finally got it after three months. <laughs> like, um, there's, hope. <laughs> there's hope. Don't give yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. It's just to me, there, there's something amazing about community. And I think right now, mm -hmm. and I know it's super cliche to say, but it's like, we are all in this together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just having that, I think there's, there's power of, of empathy that I think we're yeah. experiencing right now. And I do hope that really translates to our post COVID life. I, I hope so. I know that like, there's a lot of Facebook groups, like mutual aid groups and like people in the community here coming together and like providing food and just different resources that, that people need or whatever. And like, it's, I, I was thinking about in the Bible, like that's how they used to live their lives. And like, and we kind of lost that. And it's cool to see that people are coming together and, and helping each other out during this time. So yeah, community is definitely important. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So before, before we go, I just have one last question and I know it was not in the script. So, um, my question is this, and I think, you know, for me, de we, we talked a little bit about deconstruction, um, and our own journeys and, um, how we haven't left the faith. We've really found the faith in many mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. What would be a piece of advice? Like if you could look back at Kara years ago when you were kind mm -hmm. of starting this, what would be a piece of advice that you would tell yourself or tell someone else that's really just starting this mm -hmm. deconstruction journey? Um, I think like for me, I would tell myself like, don't ignore that inner voice mm -hmm. when, um, things are being taught or actions are being made that just don't feel right. And you're told like to just suck it up. Like, this is how it is. Like you, you don't trust your feelings <laughs> um, to really just ignore the, ignore those other voices um, and just listen to the spirit, whether it's your, you believe it's your inner voice or the Holy spirit inside of you, like don't ignore that. Um, and like really, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to doubt. It's not bad to doubt. Um, because I think when you follow that voice or you follow that feeling, um, you will find what is true. And um, it's not going to lead you down this dark path. I think a lot of people are afraid that it's going to take them away from God. Um, I think if, like, just don't be afraid to ask those questions and don't be afraid to learn from other people um that are different from you yeah. so um does the world so much more bigger and than our own experiences and um yeah I used to think there was just one way <laughs> yeah. um, and I realized um they're like looking back there was things I believed in and thought like already when I was a kid, like, I was like, I already knew the answer, but I was told that it wasn't right. So, um, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to, uh, to put yourself in those communities and, and learn. And if things don't feel right, you'll know. And when things feel right, you'll know as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. Thank you. And, and thank you for all those that are watching. I feel like, you know, just to sum it all up, you know, we talked about such the importance of journey and that idea of community. Um, and I think right now, a lot of it feels like so chaotic and kind of out of control, but just take one step 
you know, whether it's that step of reading a book, reaching out to a friend, um, stepping in to a situation that might be uncomfortable for the first time, but you might find that's the community that you actually really need at this moment, at this present time. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for really sharing your story and just, and your experience mm-hmm. and your journey with us. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. And so for all those that are watching, tune in next week for another episode of 30 Days of Hope. This is your host, Dr. Colleen Batchelder. I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah.